Hare Krishna, <clears throat> welcome to Sri Sri Radha Kalachanji Temple. This is our evening program. We just had the Arti of the deities and then the altar just closed. Uh, the, the changing Krishna's dress to his night dress. And in the meantime, this is our daily Bhagavad Gita reading program that we have at 7 o'clock in the evening, every day. Been doing it for about four and a half months now and we are in the third chapter. So please join us. We'll we'll talk about the Bhagavad Gita and discuss a little bit about one of the verses from the third chapter today. Before doing that we'll offer a small prayer. Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Jaya Gopi Jana Vallabha Giri Jaya Gopi Jana Vallabha Girivaradhari Yashoda Nandana Brajajana Ranjana Yashoda Nandana Braja Jana Ranjana Yashoda Nandana Braja Jana Ranjana Yamuna Tira Vanachari Yamuna Tira Vanachari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare.
Jaya Prabhupada, Jaya Prabhupada, Jaya Prabhupada, Jaya Prabhupada. Jaya Jaya Prabhupada, 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 Jaya Jaya Prabhupada. जय ओम विष्णुपाद परमहंस परिव्राज काचार्य अष्टोत्तर सत श्री श्रीमद् डिवाइन ग्रेस एसी भक्ति वेदांत स्वामी श्री प्रभुपाद की जय श्रीमद् भगवत गीता की जय समवेत भक्त वृंद की जय निताय गौर प्रेमानंदे हरि हरि बोल ऑल ग्लोरी टू द असेंबल्ड डिवोटीज ऑल ग्लोरी टू द असेंबल्ड डिवोटीज ऑल ग्लोरी टू द असेंबल्ड डिवोटीज ऑल ग्लोरीज ऑल ग्लोरीज ऑल ग्लोरी टू श्री श्री गुरु एंड श्री गौरांग ऑल ग्लोरी टू श्री प्रभुपाद ಟ್ವೆಂಟಿಯ नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय सो हाउ मेनी ऑफ यू हैव रेड द गीता रेड द गीता नो अबाउट इट गॉन that's okay um we'll highly recommend this book to you called the bhagavad gita as it is uh, for easy understanding of the bhagavad gita uh, but since few of you have not read the gita we'll do a brief recap of what's happened so far before we get to this verse um okay you all know where the bhagavad gita took place right where where did it happen the conversation <clears throat> Krishna and Arjuna and it happened in the battlefield of Kurukshetra right this was 5000 years ago the biggest battle the world had ever seen like millions and millions of people on each side of the battlefield and Arjuna uh, one of the uh, people in this conversation was the uh, topmost warriors of his time or the best warriors of his time and he is on one side his cousins and his grandfather and his uncles and everybody his friends everybody has grown up with is there on the other side there is this crucial juncture where both the armies have assembled in the in the battlefield and arjuna has krishna as his uh, chariot driver so if you see this you've seen this famous picture of krishna uh, being the chariot driver of arjuna and he asks krishna krishna can you please take me to the middle of the battlefield so that i can see who all are there in this uh, uh, battle uh, war it's it's very obvious right he has been happening for many many 
days and even months, he exactly knows who is there in the battlefield. But Arjuna is there at this point where he's not very sure whether he wants to go ahead with this battle. And he gives several very nice reasons to Krishna to say, Krishna, I really don't want to fight. Um, and then he says, what, what's the use of getting this kingdom after killing all these uh, friends and relatives of mine? Who am, I, who am I going to enjoy with? There's so much sinful activities as a result of killing that I'm, that I'm going to occur. And a few other reasons also. And yet, after, and these are very good reasons. This is what happens in the first chapter. And then, uh, at the, the beginning of the second chapter of the Gita, Arjuna is still not convinced by his own reasons. And then he, there's a pivotal point, right? Krishna and Arjuna are really cr- close friends. They're so close that they slept on the same bed, ate from the same plate. They would just pull each other's legs. Really in- intimate friends. Uh, but at this point, Arjuna is requesting Krishna and saying, Krishna, I'm really confused. I don't know what to do. Take me as your disciple and please tell me for sure what I have to do in this situation. Uh, and then from then on, Krishna starts speaking. And the second chapter is basically like a complete summary of the entire contents of the Gita. The chapter's title, Contents of the Gita, summarized. Right? And then in the third chapter, uh, uh, Krishna... Uh, Arjuna asks a very important question to uh, to Krishna because Krishna has spoken a few things in the second chapter and Arjuna is a little confused uh, about what he should actually do. So in, in in the in the second chapter, Krishna tells Arjuna, "You're speaking like a wise man for all the reasons that he had given, but it's not really proper. So you have to do your duty. So you're a, you're a warrior. You should go and fight." At the same time, Krishna also says, Arjuna, you should also use your intelligence. And use your intelligence in such a way that uh, your your senses are not engaged in this world. He gives an example of a tortoise, of how a tortoise pulls its limbs inside its shell. Right? You've seen the tortoise pulls, pull its limbs. Whenever it wants, it can disengage. And whenever it wants, it can engage. So, and then Arjuna is, Arjuna is, a, is a little bit confused. Krishna, you're asking me to fight or are you asking me to renounce? What should I do? I am really confused about it. So then Krishna begins uh, his answer to Arjuna's question. And one thing we can see in the Bhagavad Gita throughout this is happening is that it's, it's a constant conversation. It's not like you do it because I said so. Uh, Krishna is encouraging Arjuna to ask questions. And these questions are also asked in a, in a proper way, right? First, Arjuna recognizes Krishna's supremacy and then says, I surrender to you. Just because I surrender to you doesn't mean I'm going to blindly follow everything that you're saying. I need to understand why I have to do some things. Right? So this is a constant feature of the Bhagavad Gita. And there is an important verse in the Bhagavad Gita that talks about um, surrendering to a teacher, a spiritual master. And there Prabhupada, who is our founder Acharya, he writes in his purport, that we condemn blind following and absurd inquiries. These are two sides of the same coin, right? Uh, blind following means you just remove your intelligence and just keep doing what you're asked to do without having no idea why you're doing it. And absurd inquiries is the exact opposite of it. I'll just ask questions for the sake of asking questions. I never really want to know the answer. <laughs> I'll just keep asking, 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 not wanting to apply. But you see this perfect middle ground in the, in the Bhagavad Gita. And Krishna is wonderful in the sense that the same question Arjuna asks in the third chapter, he's going to ask again in the fifth chapter. But Krishna answers it patiently because it's coming from a proper place of inquiry. Right? Okay. So the chapter is titled Karma Yoga. How many of you have heard this word karma? Karma? What do you, what do you think it is? 
okay something that's written that you have to go through any 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 other answers action okay basically karma means activity any action that you do is called karma it could be good it could be bad and the and the result of the action is what you have to go through there is no way of escaping it right but it is your actions that create these reactions to your actions right i'm doing something good i'm going to get pious credits for and i'm going to enjoy the result of my pious actions i'm doing something bad i'm going to get negative credits and i'm going to uh, uh suffer the reactions of my negative credits right so this is the question that spurs this chapter right should i act or should i renounce act is karma right action is karma or renounce is i don't act at all <clears throat> this is very important because we know that action creates reaction right any action that i do it's either going to create a good reaction or it's going to create a bad reaction so the so an intelligent person might think why should i act at all i'm not i'm going then i won't create any reaction right i don't have to come and suffer or enjoy the re- reactions of my action but krishna's answer to this so it's a, it's 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 a sane thought but krishna says you can never stop acting in this world you try to be inactive you can never stop being inactive that's the point krishna is making even for us to breathe some activity is going happening right even if if you are staying aloof you're not physically doing any activity your mind is constantly acting so krishna is saying arjuna it's impossible for you not to act so then the question arises how should i act how should i act in this world so that i don't have to suffer through this uh, or be bound to this material world because karma is what gives us another body right we do certain actions and then we create uh, the reactions for it and depending on our actions we get a suitable body for us to enjoy or suffer through the actions this is what it is an intelligent person uh, uh, will think how can i get out of this cycle of continuous birth death disease and old age birth death disease and old age different bodies we're getting and krishna starts off by saying the root cause of all this is because of our misidentification misidentification what does he mean how would you identify yourself if somebody says can you please tell me about yourself what would you say okay okay what do you do so my name is shrinath i work in such and such a company i was born in such and such a place and then i'm i'm living in such and such a place right these are all the tags that we put on ourselves right i am a man and because i was born in a certain country i am an indian and an american i am an african like that but krishna says this is our biggest misidentification right this is not who we actually are because every single identity that we gave ourselves is because of our birth i was born in such a certain place that's why i get that uh, identity of being that countryman i was born in a particular body that's why i get a particular gender that i assign myself i and then everything that results is is a result of uh, the body that we take and krishna's first instruction is that you're not this body but if we are not this body what what are we krishna says we are the spirit soul we are the eternal spirit soul that we've eternal means there was no beginning and no end we've, we've always been there that is our nature that is why we don't want anything to get over right we are very fearful of losing things because the nature of things in this world is it's temporary it's completely opposite of 
who we actually are. We are eternal spirit souls, but we misidentify with this body and think I am this body. And what do we have in this body? We have different senses in this body. Mouth, ears, and these senses always go after the sense objects. The mouth wants to eat something really nice, speak something, constantly wants to speak something. The ear wants to hear something nice. The eye wants to see something nice. And we think satisfying our senses will actually make me really happy. Really happy. But in our personal experience in this world, we know that it doesn't make us always happy. Okay, there are few points where we get this happiness, but then it comes crashing down. It's up and down and up and down. That is the nature of this world. But our our eternal nature is that we are blissful beings. We don't like this crash at all. We always want to be happy. right? Does Anybody else here wants to suffer? I don't want to suffer. <laughs> we always want to be happy. right? That's why we actually do everything that we do. So Krishna says, there is a way in which you can act in which you don't have to suffer at all. There is no karma. There is no positive reaction. There is no re- negative reaction. There is only blissful reaction. <laughs> always blissful. That's the point of this verse that Krishna is going to speak about. So he's spoken about action, why we should act, why we cannot stop from acting and whatnot. And Krishna is talking about how we can actually act in this world. Because all of us are going to act in this world, right? So we'll see what Krishna says. So we'll read the translation. That's how we're doing word for word translation. And then the entire translation of the word. We'll read the verse, word for word translation and the English translation. And we have something called the purport. So, Srila Prabhupada, our founder Acharya, has written, because it's hard to read on, on our own, right? So, there is some explanation of how we can actually understand what Krishna is saying. So, that makes it easier for us to understand the Gita. So, we'll read that and then we'll discuss a little bit. Okay? So, the verse today, text 28. Tattva vittu mahabaho guna karma vibhagayo guna guneshu vartante guna guneshu vartante Iti matvana sajjate. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada. Srila Prabhupada ki jai. Tattvavith, the knower of the absolute truth. Tu, but. Mahabaho, O mighty armed one. Guna, karma, of works under material influence. Vibhagayo, differences. Guna, senses. Guneshu, in sense gratification. Vartante, are being engaged. Iti, thus. Matva, thinking. Na, never. Sajjate, becomes attached. Translation. One who is in knowledge of the absolute truth, O mighty armed, does not engage himself in the senses and sense gratification. Knowing well the differences between work and devotion, and work in fruitive results. Please repeat. One who is in knowledge of the absolute truth, O mighty armed, does not engage himself in the senses and sense gratification, knowing well the differences between work in devotion and work for fruitive results. This is the purport by Srila Prabhupada. The knower of the absolute truth is convinced of his awkward position in material association. He knows that he is part and parcel of the Supreme Personality of Godhead Krishna and that his position should not be in the material creation. 
He knows his real identity as part and parcel of the Supreme, who is eternal, bliss and knowledge. And he realizes that somehow or other, he is entrapped in the material conception of life. In his pure state of existence, he is meant to dovetail his activities in devotional service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead Krishna. He therefore engages himself in the activities of Krishna consciousness and becomes naturally unattached to the activities of the material senses, which are all circumstantial and temporary. He knows that his material condition of life is under the supreme control of the Lord. Consequently, he is not disturbed by all kinds of material reactions, which he considers to be the mercy of the Lord. According to Srimad Bhagavatam, one who knows the absolute truth in three different features, namely Brahman, Paramatma and the Supreme Personality of Godhead is called Tattvavit, for he knows also his own factual position in relationship with the Supreme. Om Ajnanati Mirandasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshuron Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Shri Chaitanya Manobishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamahyam Dadati Swapadantikam Vandeham Shri Guru Shri Utapadakamalam Shri Guron Vaishnavamsha Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Ragunatan Vitam Tam Sajivam Sadvaitam Savadutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakan Vitamsha he Krishna Karuna Sindhu Dina Bando Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Tapta Kanchana Gaurangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Rishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Vancha Kalpatarubhyasya Kripa Sindhubhyayevacha Patita Nam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namaha Jaya Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadara Shri Vasadi Gaurabhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Namam Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prishthaya Bhutale Shri Mate Bhakti Vedanta Swaminiti Namine Namaste Saraswate Deve Gauravani Pracharine Nirvisesha Shunyavadi Pashatyadeshatarine So Krishna in this verse is talking about somebody who is in knowledge, right? And knowledge of what? Knowledge of the absolute truth. What does absolute mean? Does anybody have any ideas? What does absolute mean? Hmm? It's complete. Okay. Any any other? Complete. Ultimate. Okay. Doesn't change. Right. That's that's the key word. That truth in this world is constantly changing. What we believe to be true 50 years back is not true anymore. <laughs> what we believe true to be today might not be true 10 years later. Five years down the lane, right? So the, the the truth in this material world is not absolute in nature. It's constantly changing. But there is one truth that's absolute in nature. That's that's the knowledge. If we have that knowledge, then Krishna says, then we'll know exactly how to act, right? So this absolute truth is uh, uh, is two things, th- th- three things we should say. Who we are, 
who God is and what our relationship with Him is. These three things never change. We think we are this body. That's why it's the things that we do are constantly changing, right? But we are not this body, but we are the spirit souls, which is absolute in nature. Krishna says, Najayate mriyate va kadachin nayam bhutva bhavitavana bhuya. Ajo nitya shashvatav yam purano na hanyate hanyamane sharire. That this is our eternal nature. Najayate mriyate va kadachin. That we never came into being, we'll never come into being and we are not in being. We are, we are eternal living entities. And we are nityam, we are eternal. And shashvata, we are very stable. Na hanyate hanyamane sharire. That, that, that when the body dies, we don't die. This is very absolute in nature, right? What, the opposite of absolute is something that does that constantly changes. What changes? Our bodies change, right? I, I remember I was a small child like that. <laughs> Not like that anymore. And then I, I'm going to get old at some point and leave the body. Things are constantly changing. But there is something that's not changing. That's why I remember how I was when I was that age. And I'll, all of us have this experience, right? We're changing bodies even in this age. So, but there is something that's absolute that hasn't changed, which is us, which is the spirit soul within. That we are like the observers, right? Constantly seeing what's happening. We're able to observe it. But Krishna says there is also another observer within this body. Upadrishtanu mantacha bharta bhokta maheshwara paramatmeti chapyukta deheshmin purushapara. That apart from the spirit soul within this body, there is a supreme observer who's actually looking at things, sanctioning things. This is the sp- uh, super, super soul within, within us. God, Prabhupada says, is there in three aspects, like Brahman, Paramatma and Bhagavan. And God comes within every single living entity as the Paramatma. He's there within us, constantly looking at what we're doing, sanctioning things. For us to do anything and everything, we need the sanction of Krishna within, which is uh, where he's acting as the Paramatma. But ultimately, the absolute knowledge is that we are individual spirit souls and then God is also a person like us. You see on the altar, Radha Kalachanji are standing, right? He's, he's a person. He has qualities. He has his activities that he performs. So many different things that he does. As a person, he has his likes. And we all have a relationship, individual relationship with God. Every single one of us have a individual, unique relationship with God. That's what we have throughout the temple in the form of these posters, if you see, right? If Krishna has so many of his friends, we can have a relation of friendship with Krishna, we can be friends with Krishna. Krishna has many of his girlfriends there. We could have a conjugal relationship with Krishna. You can see Krishna there, so afraid of his mother. You can have a paternal relationship with Krishna. Like this, we all can have very unique individual relationships with Krishna. We have, not can have. We have it. But it's just that by virtue of us being in this material world, we've forgotten about it. Because of our misidentification with his body, we've forgotten about our actual relationship with God and we think anything that satisfies my senses is going to actually satisfy me. Right? Buying a big house, I want to be really happy. Never know what's hitting you. <laughs> Once you buy a house, so much headache. <laughs> Just to deal with the repairs that you have to do, the maintenance that you have to do. Oh my God, it's, it's incredible. Oh, the, I'm going to buy a new car. It's going to make me really happy. Nope. <laughs> Again, the maintenance is the most difficult aspect of this world, you know. We think so many different things are going to give us happy based on our senses, but it doesn't give us happiness at all. So, how do we act? We have to act in this world, right? So, just because we have these senses, how do we engage these senses? So, that's what Krishna is saying here in this verse. One who is in knowledge of the absolute truth, O mighty armed, 
does not engage himself in the senses and sense gratification. What does sense gratification mean? What is what does gratification mean? Does everybody know? Satisfaction? Satisfying the senses. Gratifying means something that's satisfying, right? Think is very pleasing. That's gratifying. Right? So we think we gratify the senses. Oh, I see a nice uh, donut there and I'm going to eat it and it's going to be really satisfying. Okay? Nope. <laughs> it's not really going to be satisfying. That's Krishna's point. That if we try to satisfy our senses, ultimately it's only going to cause us misery. Krishna says. It's, it's an incredible verse that Krishna says in the second chapter. Krishna says, any activity that has a beginning and an end, if you perform such an activity, it's only going to end up in misery. Krishna says. How many of our activities have a beginning and an end? Every every single activity that we do, right? I'm going to speak now. It has a beginning. I'm going to stop now. It has an end. I'm going to start eating. It has a beginning and it has an end. Practically speaking, every single activity that we perform in this world has a beginning and an end, which is the recipe for misery in this world. So how do we, how do, how do I act in this world? So Krishna says, for that, we have to know the difference between work and devotion and work for fruitive results. The work is the same. Why are we doing that work for? Is the key question that all of us have to ask. Am I working for satisfying my own senses? Or am I working in devotion? This is the point. I am going to eat, right? We can't stop ourselves from eating. How, how many of us can go hungry forever? No chance. That activity of eating has to happen, right? Why am I eating? So that I can satisfy my hunger. I can be so happy eating a big buffet. We have color changes here. <laughs> food is really good. Please go and have food. I'm not saying don't have it there. But, but the point is, if we eat it for ourselves then it's a big problem. And we'll go through a... We've done this before, but we'll still... I, I, I want to go through this social experiment, right? Uh, what did you eat for lunch? Yeah? Sweet potato, white rice and peas. Okay, where do you get it from? Yeah? The grocery store. Where did it... How did it come to the grocery store? Anybody else? How, how does sweet potato come to the grocery store? In a truck? I mean, truck is bringing it from somewhere. It's coming from the farm. right? You have to grow the rice, the sweet potatoes, and the peas and everything in a farm. right? What, what needs to happen for us to cultivate the farm? You need to plow, so many things have to be cut down, and there are so many living entities living there. right? We're killing so many living entities. Okay, we're putting fertilizers and so many things so that our uh, produce is, we can harvest our produce. Some bugs don't eat our produce and whatnot. Lots of violence happening right there. Okay, we have our potatoes, we have harvested the rice, and now we have to bring it to the grocery store in a truck. What needs to happen for a truck to come to the grocery store? Can it just come? Hmm? You need gas? What else? It needs roads? need somebody to build the truck which needs metals. You're mining the earth for metals. Again, so much activity is going on. You're, you're completely deforesting forests for you to lay roads. Gas, you don't even fracking. You don't even have to... Like, think about how many, how much harm we are c- creating to bring the produce to the grocery store. It's there in the grocery store now. Can we just go and get it? What do we need? No, it's there in the grocery store. What do you need? You're there in the grocery store. Can you just pick it up and come? Need money. 
you need what do you need to do to get money work <laughs> again for work you need a car you need a home you don't even i mean the kind of work that you do that's a completely different story right if you're if you're doing something that's really harmful directly then you're incurring all the reactions for it okay if, if you're just a teacher in a school that's also work but you're still going to the school school in a car coming back so many things that you do to get the money that you need to go and shop in the grocery store just to put a plate of meal just one plate of meal so much activities are happening and we are accruing the reaction to so much activity we need to we can't escape the consequences of our actions that is what karma is right we've killed so many living beings in the in the endeavor to bring a sweet potato rice and peace to our table <laughs> although the food is vegetarian you think about when you're directly eating meat you're, you're, it's, uh, the animal farming that we do is horrendous like direct killing of animals at that point it's it's even more horrible right so the same activity we have to eat so how do we nullify the reactions of the activities that we have currently performed how do we do it how do we get all this does uh, uh, does potatoes directly uh, did we do anything to produce potatoes we did we didn't get the seeds we didn't get the sun we didn't get the moon that nourishes it we didn't get the water we didn't get the air nothing was from us and yet we got everything so where is it coming from if if you go to the supermarket to buy the sweet potato and not pay money and just grab it what are you called a thief that's exactly what we've been doing right we didn't get any of the resources that we actually claim to be ours and yet we don't recognize the person who is actually giving us everything and therefore we have to face the consequences of the action if you are a thief you have to go to the jail there is no way at least in the in the, in the government might somehow you might escape but in the universal government that god has created there is no way you are escaping your karma <laughs> impossible so so the same activity of eating we eat but before we eat we recognize where it is all coming from and then be grateful for it and put the plate in front of krishna and say krishna thank you so much for giving me this meal you please have it first because everything is coming from you and then we'll have the remnants of your food what this does is gives us basic decorum <laughs> you know thieving from from the person who gave us but it builds the relationship between us and god that we've forgotten right by the simple activity of offering this meal to god every single day before we eat and then taking the remnants of that food the food becomes spiritualized it's not the same sweet potato rice and peas anymore it's spiritual sweet potato rice and peas right and then it completely purifies us and then what it does is as we start getting purified we start coming off of this misconception that we are this body and then we recognize the absolute truth for what it is that oh i am the spirit soul okay i am the spirit soul so what am i supposed to do who am i why am i here all these answers start popping into our head and then we realize oh i have this is my lord i have a relationship with him right and we still do the same thing <laughs> even there once we get to know it we again serve because the nature of this world is all of us have to serve we can either serve our own senses or we can serve the lord serving our own senses is going to put us in misery but if we serve the lord it's going to put us in bliss it's going to put us in happiness we might think i don't have a the husband is serving the wife the wife is serving the husband both of them are serving the child together we serving the bosses at work everybody is a very thankless boss in this world 
right? And we might think, I don't have a family, I, I, I'm not serving anybody, I'm, I'm recluse and separate, but you're still serving your senses, right? If every six hours or seven hours is hungry, <laughs> your mind is saying, oh, put some food in, the, food in the body. You're serving your senses in some way or the other. But there is a way to serve. This is our very uh, nature, is that we are bound to serve. We can choose to serve either ourselves or either God. And that is devotional service. That's, that's why bhakti is trans, uh, translated as devotional service. We do the same activities. The activities don't change at all. We still go to the work. We still go to the supermarket. We still purchase everything. But we recognize why we are doing what we are doing. I am not doing it to serve myself. I am doing it to serve the Lord so that I can please the Lord who is, the, who is my Lord and Master. Right? And through that, we get incredibly happy. Because Krishna is an incredible master. Look, look at all the masters in this world. If you, if you, that is why it's servant is a, it's not, doesn't have a very positive connotation in this world, right? Because it's a very menial thing to do. Because the masters are always crushing the servants. We, we see when somebody gets power, the f- first thing that they do is start imposing it on other people. It's a very powerful feeling to have power over somebody or something. But Krishna is such an amazing master that he is ready to serve his servants. That is why it's glorious to serve this master. Right? He, he doesn't abuse his power. If he wants to, he could do anything that he wants. But he doesn't. He's so fearful of his own mother. <laughs> because he's bound by the love of his devotees. By the love of his servants. That's what he wants. He doesn't want the plate of meal that we're giving him. He's God. He can get anything that he wants. What is he looking for? He's looking for the love. In a relationship. That's what is the most important thing in a relationship. The, the kids scribble something at school. right? It's not even any... You can't even recognize what they've scribbled. But they bring, Mama, Papa, I've drawn something for you. Right? And we're so happy. It's not Picasso. <laughs> but it's, we're so happy just by the gesture. Because it's coming out of a place of love. Selfless love. I've done this for you. So that's what it is with our relationship with God. And the best way to reawaken this relationship is to use our tongue. Use our tongue. We can use our tongue in two ways, right? One is to speak and one is to eat. So, to eat, every every meal that we take, we can offer it to Krishna before we eat. Krishna, thank you so much for giving me this meal. You take it first and then I'll take it. Just offer it to him. Be grateful for what we're getting. And and the other way we can use our tongue is by chanting this Mahamantra that we have here. This is the most powerful mantra you can ever chant. And it gives all the benefits that you, you would ever want and more. That's the amazing potency of this mantra. Just chanting Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Just take 15 minutes of your day. Chant how much ever you can. Right, to start with. And then offer, offer your meal. Every single meal. These are the activities that we are always doing. Just our mindset has to change on why we are doing it. That is devotional service. And this is knowledge, right? Or else we're doing the same activity and getting bound by that activity. It's only causing us misery. So an intelligent person person should not do it. So that is Krishna's message to Arjuna on how he should work, which is applicable to all of us, right? Because we're all, all working in this world. So we should know how we should actually work in this world. So we'll, we'll stop here and if there are any questions or comments, we can we can take them. Any, any, do you have something? Okay. <laughs> so your hand move. <laughs> yes, Mataji.
Yeah, that's a that's an important point. Is that every reaction that we are actually experiencing is is a result of our own actions in the past. We cannot blame God and say you put me there. Krishna is very clear with what he's saying. Is that you are we we have something called free will. Very minute. Krishna Prabhupada says here, right? We are parts and parcels of God. Which means we have the same qualities that God has, but in very minute quantities. Krishna is completely independent. God is completely independent. He can do anything and everything that he wants. So we also have that minute independence because we are parts and parcels of God. So we can either choose to to do one of the two, right? We can either choose to serve God or we can either choose to serve ourselves. So that minute independence is there. And as a result of that independence, we do certain activities and that causes reaction to to those activities. But it's a very difficult thing in the in the sense that you're warned before going in the in the ship that there is a storm coming right don't go on the boat but once you've taken your own decision to step on the boat and then go then you have to face the consequences of the storm there is no way you can it's very hard to get out of it the only way you can get out of it is by coming directly in contact with these devotees of Krishna or the words of Krishna like that, then our life changes. Because we see in, like many people, it's very hard for them to break out of this modes of nature. That's what we call it. It's a, it's a very, very difficult thing to overcome. But but the only solution Krishna says is to surrender to him. Then you can overcome the modes of nature. This material world is compared to that of a big vast ocean. Right? It's called samsara. Samsara sagara. This is, yeah, that's that's the, that's the question. That all the scriptures are trying to answer, right? We are constantly in this ocean, and then we're constantly being dunked in this ocean. Like we're gasping for breath. We come out and then we gasp and we think that's happiness. Oh, I got something. And then again somebody dunks us inside. Like So then somebody comes and throws a rope. Hey, hey, hold on to this. That's the Bhagavad Gita. Right? That is why Krishna comes time and time again uh, to this material world to show us this path that hey, this is not where you're supposed to be, this is not your home. Come, come back. There is, there is a better place where you can enjoy with me. You see, that's, that's, that's what it actually is. So we'll stop here for now. Thank you all for coming. The darshan should open in another thirteen minutes. So, Hare Krishna. I'm sorry. Yeah, the curtains will open now. They're just finishing up dressing. So eight o'clock, the curtains, uh, curtains would open. Srimad Bhagavad Gita ki jai, Shla Prabhupada ki jai, Gaur Bhakta Vrindh ki jai, Vancha Kalpatrubhyasya, Kripasandubhyevacha, Patita Nam, Pavanebhyo, Vaishnavebhyo, Namo Namaha. Oh, one thing I forgot to say, if you don't have a copy of the Bhagavad Gita, I highly recommend you taking one. It's it's outside on our book table there. It's donation based, whatever you want, you can just drop it in the box there. But please do take it, this is really nice.